From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'ma get it. Cause I, 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 been waiting all night. It's game time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas. Presented by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Now from the Allen Samuels Studios, here's Tom Barfield, Ward White, and Ryan Fox. Hey, it's Monday. Welcome to the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Your first word in sports. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. This is, this is, October is a fun month. When it comes to sports, because there's so much stuff going on, let's uh, let's go around the horn. Third base, Ward. How are we? Good. How are Over you? To, I'm good. Thanks. Over to first, Ryan. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Uh, maybe the best overall weekend. I think if you were just hunkered down and watching sports on television, Saturday was a terrific day for college football and for Major League Baseball playoffs. They are in the 43rd inning now, and the Astros in Seattle still. <laughs> How about that? They played two games. They played a doubleheader and it wasn't scheduled. 18 innings for the Astros and the Mariners. And Houston prevails. On to the ALCS for the Astros. I, I was I was beginning to wonder, guys, if anybody was going to win the game. But, man, it was unbelievable defense. Houston got terrific pitching. And then they got the timely hit. Boy, was it ever timely. They were, five, I think, five and a half hours into the game. It was, it was, it was something. Now, I know you didn't get to see it but because uh, no. you, you were traveling, but I, I know you were probably keeping up with it. But, man, oh, man, how about that? 18 innings of baseball, playoff baseball. Doesn't get any better than that. No, I mean, it was just – and, again, you saw uh, – you know, I was I – was, going all over the place watching. And that game was, I mean, there was some just terrific defense in that game. And I'll say this, credit to the Mariners fans. They were engaged for five and a half hours. It was loud. It was raucous. They stood. I mean, everybody was standing. It was pretty cool to see. I mean, I'm like, okay, uh, Somebody's got to be going home, but I, I bet the, it wasn't a car one that left that parking lot. It was unreal how they uh, they were in, you know they hadn't been there in a while, and uh, they weren't they weren't they were taking it all in. Eighteen innings of baseball. So uh, we'll, we'll talk. Jared Sandler from the Ranger broadcast team is going to be on the program. He'll be here at eight thirty this morning. We'll talk to him about uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. Yankees win last night, and uh, they force a game five. The National League Championship Series is set. Raise your hand if you saw San Diego and Philadelphia, the five and six seeds playing in the NLCS. Wow, how about that one, huh? No Braves, no Mets, uh, <laughs> just no Dodgers. No Dodgers. And I thought the Dodgers would cakewalk that thing. But San Diego, give them credit. They got it done. Got it done. So we'll uh, we'll 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 talk to Jared about that coming up at eight thirty. Have you ever seen a college football season 
that when you thought you had it figured out, you knew nothing. I mean, this thing is topsy-turvy every single week. And I think it's the coolest thing I've seen. I mean, okay, Ward, I was wrong, dead wrong. I told you I'm not drinking that TCU Kool-Aid. Drink it. Oklahoma State is running TCU out of the gym. Got a what I thought was a comfortable lead. Was moving the football and then started settling for some field goals. And TCU never quit. Kept fighting. Got that thing to overtime and win the football game. That is a statement. Because they could have easily just packed it in and went to the house. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they score fourteen unanswered in the fourth quarter. And yeah, get it done. You're down fourteen in the fourth. You know, and Oklahoma State again. The Cowboys, you know, they they kick some field goals instead of scoring some touchdowns. And now we have a new leader in the clubhouse. A couple of Temple Wildcats, big in the. Fourth quarter in overtime for the Temple Wildcats and the TCU Horn Frogs. Jared Wiley scores that touchdown, and then Quinton Johnson scores a touchdown in overtime. Yeah, 180 yards for Quinton Johnson. How about that? He's a beast. How about that? So now you have TCU and Kansas State undefeated at the top. If I would have said you have an 0 and 4 team in conference play, you would have said Kansas, right? Probably. Yeah. You would not have said Iowa State. But Iowa State's at the bottom at 0-4. And And Iowa State had a chance, a a real chance to beat Texas Saturday and didn't get it done. I mean, you worked that game. Texas Texas had to fight scratch and claw to win that game. Yeah, they had a, especially defensively, they had a real sluggish start at the beginning. And then more towards the end, they gave Iowa State a chance to come in and take the lead there. But... When push came to shove, they got it done. But it was it was a hard-fought game for both sides, 24-21. Texas took that one. Well, fellas, how about Alabama, Oklahoma State, Penn State, and USC all losing the same day? All undefeated teams. Now, Penn State, you know, come on. Uh, they, got, they got beat by Michigan, but still they were an undefeated football team. Undefeated football team, Alabama, Oklahoma State, Penn State, and USC all lose. The same day. I watched a lot of the Utah-USC game uh, late Saturday night. I mean, late Saturday night. Uh, And USC cannot play defense. They cannot play defense. And that surprises you? Uh, No, none at all. None at all. And how about Utah scoring late? At home, to heck with overtime, baby. Let's do it. And they went for two. They rolled the dice, and they win. And they win the football game. So uh, that was it. Was it was just a great day in college football? Great day in Major League Baseball. Yesterday was a great day in the NFL. Uh, I thought the I thought the Kansas City Baltimore game was as entertaining. And I typically do not watch a lot of NFL other Kansas than City, the Cowboys. Buffalo. I mean, Kansas City, Buffalo. I said Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore got beat earlier in the day mm-hmm. yep. on an ugly end to that football game. 
But Buffalo, uh, Buffalo and KC, what a terrific game. It was, you know, I said I'm going to flip over and check it out for a little bit. But I, I, I couldn't leave. It was, it was so well played, so competitive. I saw a tweet or something yesterday that said, hey, move one of them to the NFC so we could have them as the two best teams in the NFL. I don't know that I argue with that. I mean, they, they were good. Real good. Uh, what do we think about the uh, Sunday night game last night? I know every. I know the, what the, one of the narratives will be is that Cooper Rush with the three picks, and that's that's correct. But did the Cowboys stop the run much last night? No. Huge, long. I mean, I I, I don't know what the the one after the Cowboys cut it to three. I don't remember how many plays the next drive was for Philadelphia, but I know earlier in the game they had a fifteen play drive that scored a touchdown. They did. Tick 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 tick. I mean, they ran the football. Ran the football. But you didn't get any help from your offense, and your defense is going to get tired. Yeah. But they weren't tired in the first half on that 15-play drive early in the game. I mean to tell you, right down the football field. And, you know, they they ran the ball. They, they, had, a, they had a plan that says, you know what, we're going to run the football against Dallas, and they did. I mean, so. that drive, they the first 11 plays of that 15-play drive were all runs. Yeah. 11 straight runs before they even put the ball in the air. Didn't have to. No. <laughs> Didn't have to. Uh, I think for the first time, in one of those, boy, I tell you what, Ward, I don't know if they teach it, but how many times did you see balls get tipped either at the line of scrimmage or in the secondary? I mean, Cooper Rush's balls look like pinballs. I mean, they mm-hmm. were going all over the place because they were getting they were getting redirected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you don't see that a lot. I mean, you see balls get batted down, but not like that. I mean, those his those balls were getting knocked all over the place. So is that because they were able to get penetration? A lot up of front? It. A lot of it. So I don't know. It's uh you know <laughs> I, I realize the shine is is off of Cooper Rush a little bit, but you know what? If you went in and said, Hey Cooper, we need you to play five games. And he goes four and one, and you're sitting there at four and two. Wouldn't you take that uh, after the first game of the season? If he won two out of five, you'd take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that said, the Cowboys are just exactly what they are. They're the third place team right now. Philadelphia and New York are ahead of the Cowboys in the East, and that's just that's just the way it is. So you. Where did you think the game went sideways last night? Uh, I, the offense just couldn't get going, couldn't get any, couldn't get anything established, and and um, I, I think that that was a lot to do with it. And the defense couldn't stop the run; just had a bad night trying to, <laughs> excuse me, get that done. And look, credit Philadelphia; they had a good plan and it worked. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. They had a good plan and it worked. Uh, did anybody think at twenty to seventeen when the Cowboys scored seventeen straight to get back in the game that they were, you know, that they had a chance to win? I did. I really did. I thought they had Philadelphia on their heels. Oh, they did. They had them scrambling a little bit. But credit Philadelphia because after that twenty to seventeen 
after they made it 20 to 17, boy, they went right down. Well, I wouldn't say they went right down the field. They matriculated right down the field and and put it in the end zone. And the defense made some adjustments and put a stop to what the Cowboys were trying to do out of mm-hmm. the locker room, too. So, with that said, Cowboys, uh, Eagles 6-0, and Giants 5-1 and after their win. Boy, did they get a gift. Did they get a gift yesterday to get that win? Because they're, they're, they're set to lose. Then they get the turnover and go score and win the football game. So what the city of New York has got to be tickled to death today, don't they? They've got one football team that's what five and one, and the Jets are what four and two. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? I mean, I still can't believe they went into. I know the Packers aren't you know what they usually are, but they went into Lambeau and took that, and they were dominant defensively. Yeah, I mean, they made them like it. <laughs> yeah. They. Uh, they they poked the bear, didn't they? With 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 uh, Aaron Rodgers, they had a block punt touchdown as well. They scored in the special teams. Like the Jets came to play. I mean, I don't know how long it's been or if how long it's been since they've since they've won at Lambeau. It's probably been a while, but I mean, they're looking good right now. All right, seven thirteen. We're going to dive into all of this here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to begin with uh, we'll begin with the Cowboys. The Sunday night game last night where the Cowboys drop a. Decision to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about it next here on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor University does homecoming better than any school in the nation. And the centerpiece of homecoming weekend is the Bears hosting the Kansas Jayhawks at McLean Stadium this Saturday. 9 a.m. for the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. 11 a.m. kickoff with John, JJ, and Ricky. It's Baylor and KU this Saturday on the banks of the Brazos here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. At Metro by T-Mobile, you can save more now that you need it the most. Get one line of unlimited 5G for just $40, period. Taxes and fees included. That's the lowest price in prepaid. Plus, choose from the largest selection of free 5G phones from brands you love, like Samsung. Switch now and save more, only at Metro. If congested, the fraction of users greater than 35 gigabytes per month may notice reduced speeds, and Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus T-Mobile due to prioritization. Video streams in SD requires eligible port in C-Store for details. Nobody covers football in Central Texas like ESPN Central Texas. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road? The next time it happens, call Big Boys Record Service to get you and your ride where you need to be. You can count on Big Boys Record Service to help you with roadside assistance, such as when your vehicle won't start. You need a tire change. You locked yourself out of your vehicle or you're stuck in the mud. Remember, Big Boys Record Service can help with heavy hauls as well. No job too big or too small. They do it all. In business since 1983, Big Boys Record Service. Call 254-662-3031. And remember, slow down or move over. 
Heart of Texas Shooting Center, Waco's premier indoor firing range is open. The state-of-the-art indoor firing range is climate-controlled and open to the public seven days a week. Bring your own firearm or rent one on site. Experienced and knowledgeable instructors are on site to help you get the most out of your shooting experience. For more information, call 254-492-8300 or log on to hotshootingcenter.com. Located at 5040 South Loop 340 in Waco. This is Greg Hill, General Manager of Mission Golf Cars, the nation's number one EasyGo golf car dealer. We are proud to announce the opening of our newest store in Waco, Texas, offering the full line of EasyGo and Cushman vehicles for the golf course, the neighborhood, the beach, the farm, and industry. Mission Golf Cars has the knowledge and experience to handle all of your golf car needs from sales and service to leasing and rentals. But our true expertise is in our commitment to our customers' experience. Mission Golf Cars, now open at Bagby and Highway 6. Stop in today for a test drive or check us out at missiongolfcars.com. Game Time is brought to you by Big Boys Record Service in Robinson. Good feet in the Central Texas Marketplace and Texas Truck Love of Waco. All right, 716, this is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, we're glad you're with us. Uh, the Cowboys last night drop a 26-17 decision. The Cowboys now 4-2, and two games behind the Eagles in the NFC East, one game behind the New York Giants, who are 5-1. and one. And got Detroit coming up with what appears to be Dak Prescott's return. I think Prescott mentioned last night that he could have played last night. Did they make the right decision not playing Dak, not bringing him back against the Eagles? Because it was the Eagles, or they needed to give him another week to get to get ready. I think it was a medical decision. I would hope. I you know it. I don't. I don't think you just say, "Hey, we're not going. We're going to wave the white flag here. If we get the win, fine. If we don't, we don't." I mean, you you bring your quarterback back when he's ready. Yeah. Bottom line. So you don't you don't feel like he was probably phys- physically able to perform last I night. I don't think he was a hundred percent. See, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of got the, the indicator that, that he was, you know, he said he was good to go. Sure he did. That's the competitor in him. So, I just, I I don't think you hold him out because it's the Eagles. You, if you're scared of the Eagles, then hold him out the rest of the year. I don't know if you're scared of the Eagles, but is that, you know, the optimum game to, to bring him back and get his feet wet again after, what, six or seven weeks? Again, when he's ready, he's ready. Yeah. All right. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. Well, Mike McCarthy after the game. I thought we just kept – we punched back every every time they, you know, they hit us with some things. Um, you know, and then we got going there in the second half, in particularly in the third quarter, running the ball and the up-tempo offense obviously was a help. We were trying to get to it, you know, in the first half. Uh, just, you know, we were trying to do it after a – you know, after a first after a first nine in a series, and you know, just just couldn't get it going. So, um, just got to be cleaner. You know, had some young guys that you know we're still growing in some areas on offense. You know, we knew that coming in here, and you know, it's part of the way we've been playing. Um, but uh, the emphasis all week was running the football and stopping the run. So, um, and that obviously was a big part of this game. There you go, McCarthy after the game. Uh... What did you think of the Parsons unsportsmanlike for taunting? It, yeah, he did. I know, but golly, man, that's that's tough. Now, Diggs, <laughs> come on, 
you can't rip your helmet off and pound the ground in the end zone and not expect to get a flag when there's 14 referees on the field or whatever. It's, I don't know how many. They got eight or something like that. But that, you know, there's 30 yards right there in penalties, and you're like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, he taunted, but how much talking goes on in a National Football League football game? I mean, you know. Every play. Yeah, I would think. But – that one you was can't, you can't take your helmet off and slam it on the ground. That was Diggs, yeah. Uh, Parsons was the taunting. Uh, well, you can't stand over a guy. Yeah, was it. was he standing over him? Would yeah, he? I mean he he stood over him, looked down, and then then kept chirping. I mean it was it was taunting. How about the brown catch? I know that it they reviewed and it was. It was a great catch, but he was out of bounds. It was unbelievable that he was able to get his hands on that football. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you have Detroit coming in, and and yeah, uh, on the CNC Collision Center text line, Corey says uh, Eagles only had 268 yards versus the Dallas defense. Dallas defense was on the field a lot. That's all on Cooper Rush, in my opinion. You agree with that? Yeah. So you're it's putting on this the, it's on the it's on the offense. I don't. I mean, I don't lay it completely at Cooper Rush's feet. I mean, some of it has to do with Kellen Moore, some of the play calling. Um, but overall, yeah, the offense has to find a way to move the chains and and be more productive. And I, you can't turn the ball over like that. You turn the ball over in the National Football League, it is going to bite you in the rear. Yeah, it's going to kill you. I mean, they turned it over three times. I thought the third one was a little, mm. But he the also – one he was trying to get to um, – Lamb. Lamb down yeah. the sidelines? Yeah. That's Cooper Rush. I know he got hit, but he's either got to eat that one or, I mean, if he throws that ball where it needs to be thrown yeah, that's remotely, that's six, and it's a different ball game. And I will say this. He got hit more last night, and he'd probably been hit in the first, in the four, first four games combined. Mm, yeah. Uh, the Eagles were bound to determine they were going to get home. And they did. I thought that was probably the maybe one of the poorest performances up front for the Cowboys uh, offensive line, uh, in especially in pass in pass protect. They struggled in pass protect, in my opinion. Uh, and Rush got hit and got hurried, and they made him uncomfortable. And with the guy with, you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience, get, make him uncomfortable in that league. And bad things happen, and mm-hmm. bad things happened. So, Cowboys now will uh, will move on to the Detroit Lions, and they'll have uh, Prescott back. Should we? Should, we it, think they'll have Prescott back. They haven't said that yet. Well, all indications are that he's back. Well, it no, should I'm, be. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Cowboys won't talk about it until what today or tomorrow, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of the video when he was going through pregame yet last night. He, he That's why I was saying, I mean, he looked – heck, I was beginning to wonder if he was going to have a uniform on when they showed some of that video. But we'll, uh, we'll see. You know, and, and what should be the expectation for Prescott? Because, again, he's he's been out a, a month, or, you know, or so. Mm-hmm. Is there some – reacclimation that needs to take pay, uh, take place or will he be good to go i i don't know 
I mean, he wasn't really good to go when he was out there. No, I mean, I'm with you. They they were not great uh, in that Tampa game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, let's see here. A couple of things from the CNC Collision Center text line. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He, he is your quarterback, and he's, you know, he is better than Cooper Rush. I I get tickled when everybody's saying, hey, let's stick with him and keep him in there. I mean, he's a backup for a reason. So, But, like, but now I think he has clearly secured himself a backup spot. Well, I would think so. Doing what, what he was able to do, 4-1. and one. Uh, CNC Collision Center text line, JB says, and, and I agree with JB on this, the guys in the booth for Dallas made a costly mistake not taking a look at the uh, C.D. Lamb first down in yeah, which that, Dallas that, ended that up going for, it, going for it, going for it on fourth down and failed, and Philly ended up with points off of that. I know yeah, it's and Mike McCarthy. Uh, and that was a terrible play call on fourth down. I agree. I agree. Turn and hand it to... To 21, in my opinion, but, you know. Uh, McCarthy's got to have some help from his eyes in the sky, doesn't he, on that? Yes. He, he's – I know it ultimately is his responsibility, but, man, oh, man, you got guys that are in the booth. There's plenty of guys in the booth. Help him out. I mean, you, you've got a TV monitor in there, and there's a bunch of you guys in there. Yeah, you've you've got to challenge that. Yeah, no question you do. No question you do. Anyway, all right. Uh let's Jeff says when other players do it and flag is and and, and flag is is it right then? I guess so, Jeff, but you know, Jeff, I'm not a fan of the other team. I don't want it called on my guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I guess the disappointing thing for me is that you, you kind of look at Diggs and and Parsons as kind of the the guys you know over on the defensive side of the football with you know with Demarcus Lawrence as well, but you know kind of look at those guys and go you know these are our guys, and then they make they have the mental breakdowns you know, ripping a helmet off and pounding the ground and well that was just. Plain frustration on Dick's yeah. part. Well, go be frustrated on the sideline. Mm. I, I like the I like the fire in his belly. I'm okay. I'll take that fifteen. Not me. I think it was a stupid penalty. Uh go 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 get crazy on the sideline. If you do that all the time, then you're gonna have flags on you all day long. I know, but he just got caught in the moment. He did do that now. There is no question. Uh, he did do that. All right, 726. Detroit is coming up next. How do we look at Detroit now? They're terrible. And, and I'm trying to uh, – I was looking this morning, and now I've, lo- I've lost a who- – they, they've got two winnable football games coming up. The, they have Detroit and Chicago and back Chicago, back. yeah. And my and goodness. Have me and you and Ryan, we can go – score again i mean i beat chicago because they're not going to score on us so probably not so they should have two winnable football games before the break right should six and two and if i'd have told you six and two without your starting quarterback you'd have taken it all day long absolutely absolutely now 
what does that get you? I don't know. You're chasing. You're still chasing. You're chasing Philly, and you're chasing New York. Mm-hmm. Are we buying the New York thing at five and one? I think you have to. They're five and one. Who's the one? Cowboys. Absolutely. By the way, we haven't mentioned that's the first divisional loss in over a year. Went six and zero. I mean, uh, yeah, went six and zero a year ago. And got off to the good start this year, beating New York mm-hmm. and Washington, and then lose to Philly. So you know, Philly's a good football team. Boy, they are. They really are. Well coached, aren't they? That was mm-hmm. a good plan. Mm-hmm. It was a good plan. All right, 728, this is game time on ESPN Central Texas. We're going to talk some college football. We'll, we'll kind of revisit the Baylor thing, too, uh, from uh, Thursday night with Jerry Hill. That's coming up next. Hey everyone, with today's Cowboys report, I'm Christy Scales. Dallas fell behind early in Philly and lost to the undefeated Eagles 26-17. Details after this. Becky Hammond on being the first woman to coach in the NBA. What if it's no big deal that I'm a woman? What if it's about striving for excellence and being the best me without the label? It's not about where others say you should be. It's about where you want to go. It's about a financial services company that focuses on your measures of success. Whether it's for your home or business, we offer personalized service and expert advice to help you achieve your unique goals. Visit SWBC.com for financial services without the labels. What does it mean to be a part of Cowboys Nation? At Reliant, it means powering the home of the Dallas Cowboys and homes of Cowboys fans across Texas and helping out when needed most. As an electricity provider, it's our commitment to every customer and their family. And it's as strong as our Texas roots. It's our promise today and for generations to come. Reliant, proud to be the official energy provider of the Dallas Cowboys. PUCT number 10007. The Cowboys shot themselves in the foot in last night's 26-17 loss to the Eagles in Philly. Falling behind 20 to nothing early, Dallas rallied with 17 points in the second half, but it wasn't enough as Cooper Rush was picked off three times and the Cowboys committed 10 penalties. Zeke Elliott, who along with tight end Jake Ferguson, scored the only Dallas touchdowns of the night, summed up the game succinctly. You know, we got down early. We didn't start fast enough, uh, didn't protect the ball well enough. We had a good second half. Not good enough. Turnover, turnovers kill. Uh, we lost the turn, turnover battle, um, you know, minus three. Um, we got to protect the football better. We got to come out, you know, faster. Dallas is now 4-2 and two on the season and third place in the NFC East behind the undefeated Eagles and 5-1 and one Giants. With today's Cowboys report, I'm Christy Scales. And the Cowboy Report, as always, brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Check them out today at richardcarr.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191. Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Are you in the market to buy or sell a home and need an agency to deliver excellent results? Camille Johnson Realtors is excited to assist you with one of the most important decisions for you and your family. Whether it be residential or farm and ranch properties, Camille and her all-star team of agents are ready to help buyers and sellers through what can be a stressful period in their lives. Enjoy the multiple listings, community and school information, and photos of the area on their website, CamilleJohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors is a proud supporter of Baylor Athletics. 
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Cooper Rush was intercepted three times as the Cowboys lost to the Eagles 26-17. Tonight on Monday Night Football, the Chargers entertained the Broncos. Tennessee's win over Alabama has vaulted the Volunteers to the third spot in this week's AP College football poll behind number one Georgia and number two Ohio State. Michigan and Clemson round out the top five. TCU's win over Oklahoma State has moved the Frogs to number eight in the poll while the Cowboys dropped to number 11. Kansas State remains at 17 while Texas moves up two spots to number 20. Major League Baseball still has one divisional series to decide as the Yankees beat Cleveland last night 4-2. The Astros wait for the winner of tonight's Game 5. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time to talk Baylor Athletics with Baylor University's Director of Sports Journalism, Jerry Hill. All right, 7.32, this is game time. Monday morning, Tom Ward, Ryan, we're glad you're with us. And we are joined now by Jerry Hill. Let's get a view from the Hill. Let's welcome into the program Jerry Hill. Jerry, good morning. Welcome to Monday. Good morning. Man, that music was just a little bit wild for a Monday morning at 7.30. Hey, we got to get this thing going. I mean, it's it's time to rock. Trying to get me jazzed up, man. There you go. Uh, a crazy day in college football on Saturday. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's kind of go yeah. back and, and talk about the Baylor game on Thursday night at West Virginia. Uh, yeah. just, just your overall takeaway from, from the football game. Um, you know, missed opportunity. Um, cause you know, obviously you still haven't won up there and this was, you know, I think about as good a chance as you've ever had and, um, save two plays. I think you win the game. It's the fumble return, there in the second turn, uh, second quarter, and then the uh, extra point blocked extra point return. I think those two plays were kind of the difference in the game. Now the defense obviously had issues the whole game, but I think if you score in that second quarter, when you have a chance to take a two touchdown lead, uh, you know against a team that had been struggling, you know they were two and three coming in. So I think if you take a two touchdown lead on a team like that, they're probably going to fade. Um, but you missed your opportunity. And, and then again, you know, that I think it just opened the door when you had that blocked extra point return, cause you had the momentum you're, you know, you're going to go up 38, 31. And then that just kind of, you know, sucked the life out of you, I think a little bit. And, and obviously had them in position to win it with a field goal there at the end. Did it feel like the defense was a little bit overwhelmed at times because of those turnovers and things? I don't know if it was overwhelmed or they, I, and Dave mentioned it after the game. I, I think they got to the point where they were just trying to do too much. You know, they were getting out of their gaps. They were, but there were so many missed tackles, you know, and, and some of that is, you know, maybe guys trying to do too much um, guys, not staying in their spot and, and, and just making the play. You know, I saw several like shoulder tackles, like, you know, not even wrapping up at all, just kind of bumping up against the guy. So, um, you know, I don't know that they were overwhelmed, um, but, you know, they certainly struggled and, and had, like I said, had just a ton of missed tackles because I thought that was the big deal was yards after contact because there were several times where they'd hit them in the backfield. I think on uh, two of the touchdown runs, they hit them in the backfield and the guy just, you know, got outside and, and was able to take it take it to the house so yeah that's that's got to be fixed um you know and i guess the you know benefit of this is now you still have a couple more extra days to get ready for the next one but you know that one that one definitely hurt 
Uh, and and I know it's not fair to compare this team to last year's team, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, last year's team, in my opinion, kind of kind of had a swagger about them. It was like, you know what? We know we're going to win a football game. We know we're going to play well. Uh, bring it on. I, I right. don't get that sense with this group, and I may be dead wrong. Yeah, I don't think there is. And, and honestly, at this point, there's not any reason to have that swagger. Um, you haven't done enough to, you know, to have that swagger. Um, you know, maybe you walked into the season with it, but, you know, then when you get, you know, hit in the mouth by BYU and you you lose the game at Oklahoma or to Oklahoma State and then this one, that, you know, it has to knock you back a little bit. But, you know, they've got to they got to get it back because, um, you know, now we're into the second half of the year. And, and like we talked about before, a lot of those home games that looked pretty easy at the beginning of the year don't look easy anymore um you know i know kansas lost but uh that's a good team they you know and they, i guess one thing they showed is oklahoma's defense isn't back <laughs> i mean they they put up 42 on on oklahoma so you know they're they're coming here i think they're coming in with confidence heard, heard anything about blake have not i know they were going to look at him on friday um him and squirrel um because i didn't even realize until after the game that that squirrel had been knocked out like that so both of them had head injuries and they were supposed to look i know they said uh or the kind of the feeling after the game was you know that extra 48 hours might help we'll see um you know i I know it was both of theirs first so you know i know that helps too but uh they're gonna they're gonna do everything they have to do precaution wise to make sure that those guys are healthy because you you just can't mess with that anymore jerry uh final thought here on the west virginia game uh i don't think there was any doubt that the mountaineers at two and three oh and two were were kind of backed into a corner and and you know came out came out swinging is is that where baylor is right now at three and three having lost two in a row and one and two now in the conference yeah i think that's exactly where they are and i've if I remember right, I think that's where they are in the standings. Both teams are now three and three, one and two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Baylor is backed into a corner because you know they, you know, there's not a whole lot of room for error now. You've got to, you got to go out and win. I say the games you should win, but you got to go out and win. Which ones are those now? <laughs> right, you got to win the games that are winnable. Let's put it that yeah. way. And I and I think you know, I mean, even even the first six, all those games were winnable. Um, you know, Oklahoma State. I, I think they didn't really dominate the game. I mean, you were in it. You had a chance to win. So I'd say all those games were mm-hmm. winnable. But, you know, now you've got to win those games. So um, that's kind of where you are. You're, I don't know if you're, your back is against the wall. And now you got to figure out where you go from there. Is this the most parative we've seen in this league in a while? I think so, Ward. I, I can't think of another year because, you know, really, like, and and we've talked about it before, but like, who's the bottom team in the league? Like, you know, I, maybe going into last, I mean, Iowa State, I know is sitting there at 0-4. I think I read this right, that their four losses have been by like 14 points. So that tells you right there that the league is very balanced because, you know, even, even uh, you know, a team like that that's obviously struggled much more than they ever have, but they're, they're sitting there and they, you know, they're that many points away from being undefeated. So, yeah, I think there's incredible balance in the league, and you really don't know like who's going to win each game. Like, you know, I went into last week, I didn't know. Um, you know, I kind of thought Oklahoma might bounce back and beat Kansas, but you know what? I thought the week before Oklahoma might bounce back and beat Texas. So, yeah, I don't think you really know too much yet. Um, I mean, TCU 
kind of opened my eyes because I kept thinking, well, this will be the week. This will be the week. And, 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 you know, and then they go out and beat Oklahoma State. I know it was at home, uh, but they were way down and came back and won that game. So credit to those guys. They're, they're for real. Now, we, in, in Iowa State was an eyelash away from beating Texas on Saturday. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you're right to that point. What about college football in general, Jerry? I mean, just across the board, uh, over the weekend you had – Undefeated Alabama, undefeated Oklahoma State, undefeated Penn State, undefeated USC, all losing the same day. Yeah, it's great. And, I, you know, we've talked about it some. you got to figure the transfer portal is some of this, um, you know, just different stuff like that. But there is much more parity than, than we've, you know, we've obviously seen it now in the Big 12, but I think you are. You're seeing that across the country when, you know, Alabama's not supposed to lose, right? They're not, they're, they don't lose in the regular season, so – um, but yeah, and, and again, I guess it speaks to the strength of the SEC, which we hate to say, but, um, you know, that was a, that was a great game. And that's the thing. I, I think we're seeing a lot of that. I think we're seeing some heck of a games, you know, I mean, you know, starting with Baylor, West Virginia, 43, 40, uh, believe that was, was that the score on, uh, was that TCU and, and Oklahoma state was 43, 40. So, uh, and then Tennessee and Alabama's 52, 49. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're seeing a lot of offense, I guess. Um, I haven't haven't been paying attention. I don't know if Iowa scored a touchdown yet, but you know, other otherwise, there's a lot of offense going around. <laughs> Boy, what a jab at Iowa! <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, but sorry, it's tr- it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jayhawks coming into McLean Stadium on Saturday, and and you look at that Oklahoma game and think, well. You know, the Jayhawks are back to being the Jayhawks, but really missing a couple of players. Their quarterback was out, and then two defensive stars were out for KU as well. And for a while, they gave Oklahoma everything they wanted. How important is it for Baylor to kind of come into this game and put their will on the Jayhawks early and take them out of this game? Yeah, and and Ward, that's what they've done. And even years when you've been down, like, you know, the one win season and the two win season, both those years, they dominated Kansas. So it's kind of been their, you know, kind of their medicine every year is, well, we can at least beat Kansas. They've, they've beat them 12 straight times now. And I don't remember what the average score is, but it's crazy. So um, it's kind of, it reminds me a little bit about SMU coming off the death penalty. Like SMU would challenge some of the other teams. They tied A&M one year. I remember when A&M won it, um, but Baylor just, kind of destroyed them every year. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the way I feel about Kansas now. That's just what Baylor does. But, you know, this is a different Kansas team. And and I think Coach Leifold has done an unbelievable job there. And you're right. I mean, they were right in the game with Oklahoma. Um, they got down a, a few times but came right back. I was impressed that they didn't go away. You know, Oklahoma had a chance to kind of put that one away and, and really, you know, win it handily. And they didn't. So I think that tells you that Kansas is pretty good. If if Blake is not able to go, uh, Drones gets the gets the nod. Uh, talk about the way he came off the bench and and played. I know he had that one interception, and and that right. was a little you know that was a little yeah. touch and go there. And and you know when yeah. when when West Virginia pressured him, uh, but when sure. when he had time, he yeah. was really really good. Well, that touchdown pass throw, you, you just don't see a lot of guys make that throw that that well. Um, like he zipped it in there. That mm-hmm. was it was down at the two yard line, 
you know, this is a guy that just came into the game. It's probably his fourth play maybe. Um, and he had thrown only one pass before that. And, you know, he just, you know, he, he knew where Hal Presley was. He knew how Presley was going to be open at least just for a second. And he got it in there. So no, I thought he was very cool and calm. And like you said, when he had time, he was great. He threw some unbelievable balls. So I, I think you, you know, if he's the guy this week, I think the offense goes in there with some confidence because they've seen what this guy can do. Um, and, you know, thankfully he got some, you know, he got a quarter, maybe a little bit more than that against Albany as well. So he's, he's at least had some snaps and, and I think he has made a lot of progress since a year ago. Cause I, you know, I, he was not good when he came in. I mean, he's, it was kind of that same kind of progress you saw out of Gary Bohannon where when he first came in, he just, he wasn't ready. And Kyron, I don't know if he's ready for this, uh, but he looked pretty cool and calm when he came in there. And like you said, until they were able to just kind of pin their ears back and come after him, I thought he did really well. He moved them, you know, he, he had that uh, touchdown drive uh, and the one pass is kind of, you know, that's what you would say is, that was his one bugaboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was second or third down, maybe. I mean, you just throw the ball away. And maybe that's what he was trying to do. He just didn't do a very good job of it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think you take that away, that one play. I thought he played very well. Could you see, if he is the guy on Saturday, could you see some more quarterback run game? <sighs> you know, Tom, and I kept thinking he might run, and he did, you know, he did run a little bit there late when, you know, really didn't. When you didn't <laughs> want him to. Way, yeah, it was not the way you were going to win the game. So yeah. I don't know how much he would be a running threat. I mean, he's a big old guy, though. I mean, he looks like he could run. So you, you might, um, you might see a little bit of that. And, and, you know, uh, thankfully too, you know, this, this is one that I kept thinking, well, I guess if they get in trouble, you know, Luke Anthony's sitting there, a seventh-year senior that has started, I believe, 30-something career games. So you've got a guy that you can lean on that, you know, can at least get you through a game. So um, I, I think they're in better shape than maybe you would have been or would have thought you would going into the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully Blake's ready to go. But I think Kyron can do the job if if he's called on. And, and then, like I said, you've got a very experienced guy there waiting if, if he needs to come in. All right, uh, Jerry, what what do you got coming up uh, on the Insider? Well, we've got uh, our Hall of Fame series continuing. Um, we had uh, we had Josh Ludy last week, and, and he was fun. And then uh, we will either have one of two people, because we have reached out to Robert Griffin. He's he's one of the inductees, but he's kind of hard to reach at times. He's busy. Even though he, even though you see him on the TV, and <laughs> but you can't talk to him through the TV, although we try sometimes. But uh, if he's not available, then we'll get Jeremy Alcorn, a, a golfer that uh, won, I believe he won five individual titles while he was here. So that series continues, and, uh, and then we'll have just a full week of everything going on. Homecoming. So, hey, uh, sure. man, we, we appreciate your time as always. Look forward to, uh, to visiting with you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Jerry Hill. Uh, from the Baylor Bear Insider. 7.46, we're 14 away from 8 o'clock. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. We're presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business, and we're brought to you in part by Pioneer Steel and Pipe. In fact, I saw Braden yesterday in church and uh, talked to him a little bit about um, what was going on, and he said they're probably still two, maybe three weeks away from uh, making the move over to the, the, the new location 
over uh, next door to Busby Feed. So they continue to serve Central Texas, and they've done it since 1943. That's four generations of uh, Emory's serving Central Texans. And, uh, again, uh, you know, they built their reputation one customer at a time, and they offer the best in custom metal buildings, residential metal roofing. They've got hay and equipment barns for you. They've also got garage and carport covers. Uh, it, it, you know, structural pipe. They got it all at Pioneer Steel and Pipe. They also, of course, sell all sizes of pipe from one half inch up to twenty four inches. And if uh, you're in the uh, if you're in the the metal building or barnuminium business, you're looking to build one and really don't know how to get going. Well, just check out uh, Pioneer Steel and Pipe. They'll help you locate the best contractor for your project. Right now, two two great locations down in Bryan and also uh, the original location at 913 South Loop Drive in Orchard Lane. They're open Monday through Friday from 730 until 5. So, they, you know, they've been open, what, uh, 12, uh, since 730 this morning. And, you know, and here we are, 748. Why aren't you there? Why aren't you? I mean, you need to be there. And, of course, they're open on Saturdays, 8 until noon. And you can check them out 24-7 at pioneerboys.com. This is Dallas Cowboys football 2022. And they're going to give the ball to Pollard. He busts up the middle. He broke a tackle right to the 40. Only heard here. Turns left at the 20 to the 10. All season. Pollard with a house call. Touchdown, Tony Pollard. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. Live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Lions, Sunday at 11 on ESPN Central Texas. Empower your financial future with First Central Credit Union. Game plans are packed with benefits like free checking that pays you back, the ability to make deposits, and much more 24-7 at our ATMs. Local loan decisions, easy online applications, great rates and flexible terms, instant-issue debit cards with remote control features, and a free new member T-shirt. Join the team today at firstcentralcu.com. Everything we do, we do for you. Building application requirements apply. Member NCUA. At Texas Truck Love, our prices are so low, they are scary. Just ask our competitors. Texas Truck Love is Waco's only authorized installer of cat skin leather and best in industry, Aaliyah leather, as well as your best source for hard-to-find original manufacturer parts. Unlike the other shops in town where interiors take a backseat to accessories and tent, Texas Truck Love specializes in interiors. They offer a wide variety of services, including OEM seat repair, new leather upholstery, and aftermarket accessories, all at competitive prices. Texas Truck Love is just a Texas two-step away, located at 4793 South University Park Drive. Check them out at texastrucklove.com or give them a call at 254-313-2946 and ask about their financing options. And remember, Texas Truck Love loves your truck as much as you do. And our prices are so low, they're scary. Just ask our competitors. Baylor football on ESPN Central Texas. In the five or so years that I've been servicing my cars here at Freddie Kish, I've been extremely pleased. I've been a customer of Freddie Kish for going on seven years. They just make it so convenient. And then on the other side, they just care. The guys in here are so friendly. They call me by name when I come in, and why would I want to change? I certainly wouldn't be giving any referrals to any other car servicing center in the area. I absolutely would not take my car anywhere else. It's the people and the professional and uh, I wouldn't go anywhere else. 
Are you frustrated with rising costs of eating out? Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House comes to the rescue. Meat Eater Monday. One meat with two sides for only $8.95. This special with beef or ribs is $9.45. Tater Tuesday. Buy a Texas tater at regular price and get the second for half price. Pork loin Wednesday. A pork loin plate for just $7.69. Try their new Porky Pig Tater with succulent pulled pork and save $3 off your order. Texas size value. Available every day from Waco's number one barbecue. Uncle Dan's Barbecue in Hewitt and in Waco. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Cooper Rush was intercepted three times as the Cowboys lost to the Eagles 26-17. Tonight on Monday Night Football, the Chargers entertained the Broncos. Tennessee's win over Alabama has vaulted the Volunteers to the third spot in this week's AP College football poll behind number one Georgia and number two Ohio State. Michigan and Clemson round out the top five. TCU's win over Oklahoma State has moved the Frogs to number eight in the poll while the Cowboys drop to number 11. Kansas State remains at 17 while Texas moves up two spots to number 20. Major League Baseball still has one divisional series to decide as the Yankees beat Cleveland last night 4-2. The Astros wait for the winner of tonight's Game 5. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. All right, 7:52. We've covered the Cowboys in the NFL. We've Talk some college football with you. We'll talk some more college football. First place TCU. Ah, Ward told me, drink the Kool-Aid. I said no, but <laughs> I'm drinking it now. Uh, that come from behind victory was impressive. Uh, and now let's let's talk some high school football. Ward White's the, the Temple Huddle game. <laughs> I, I got to listen to a lot of it, believe it or not, because I was already back in the car. And coming home, and in fact, that drove right. I was a little mad, Ryan. I, I waved at Ward Friday night, <laughs> and he didn't wave back. I, we drove right by the stadium, uh, Coach Johnny Tusa and I, on the way back from Leo Buckley. By the way, did I I shared a picture with Ward from Yes, you did. <laughs> Chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes, corn. It was a. It was. A, Quite the buffet that we <laughs> we had at Leo Buckley, but anyway, uh, it was. You tell me what. It, it just sounded like it was just a knockdown dragout between two two teams that were getting after it. Yeah, Huddle was not going to go away. Um, you know they they hung in there, and it you know Temple had a twenty four to fourteen halftime lead, and Huddle came out and and played better in the second half, and. Gave themselves a chance. You know, they closed the gap 24-20 and uh, get the PAT good, and in which a night that PATs were were kind of iffy for everybody. Um, they missed one later on. But they take the 27-24 lead, and you know, Temple finds a way to, to uh, come back and get it done uh, and take the lead back. And... Then, you know, they left. I don't know that you left too much time on the clock because there's only, you know, a few seconds left. But Hutto finds a way to get it downfield and, mm-hmm. and have a chance. They throw it to the end zone. If they could have completed one more pass, they'd had a chance to throw it to the end zone. I mean, to, to kick the field goal. And, and uh, 
but the uh, the Wildcats make them throw the ball because they get the two-point conversion, so they threw it to the end zone, and Cats get the interception at the goal line and into the ball game, and they you know they almost ran it all the way back. Yeah, and I kept saying just just fall down, just fall down, <laughs> clocks out, fall down, don't fumble and let them scoop and score. Yeah, because that would be a disaster. But they uh, nonetheless they they get the interception in the end zone and they prevail thirty one twenty seven. Find a way to get it done, but it was an extremely long football game. Yes, it was. I was in this parking lot at the radio station after driving back from Leo Buckley when the game concluded. Believe it or not. Yeah, it it had enough flags for three or four games. Yeah, indeed. And enough discussions by the officials to, to last you a lifetime. <laughs> now, in that same district, uh, Shane Anderson of the Midway Panthers get a win over Coppers Cove, so they stay alive in, in their hunt for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, still got some work to do, but uh, they needed they had to have that win over Cove, didn't they? They absolutely did. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. They, no. That, was, that was one that they – they had to find a way to 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 get it done because look the the standings in this district are every week are going to be interesting. Now look, the district championships coming up Friday night. Make no mistake about it. It's Temple and Harker Heights for the mm-hmm. district championship mm-hmm. at Leo Buckley on Friday night. Should be a great football game. Temple four and zero, Harker Heights three and zero. But you got Weiss right there at two and two, Midway at two and two, Brian at one and two, uh, Cove and and Hutto are basically out of it at 0 and 3 now. I mean, I don't I don't see them finding a way to get back into this thing, but you know, e- either Midway, Brian or Weiss, you know, one of those teams is going to have to take over and and take that third spot and then you know, it may end up being a coin flip for that fourth spot between Midway and the other one. So I I, I don't know who's going to emerge out of that, but it's going to be interesting to watch that race to see who who's the Odd man out. Yeah, it's a heck of a race. And speaking of heck of races, uh, boy, gut-wrenching loss for Ken Lasseter and the University Trojans. Uh, that would have secured a playoff spot pretty much. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, boy, now that they, it's some, they got to fight like crazy now, don't they? Yeah, they, they still only need one more district win to mm-hmm. get the fourth playoff spot and but with three games left. But they got some tough tests. Like they'll have Leander Rouse this week, and then they still haven't played Belton yet, who right now is the prohibitive favorite to take that. District 11 crown. They've got three games left? Mm-hmm. Wow. Rouse, Rouse this week at Pflugerville Connolly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Belton to close the season. But, yeah, it was – the first half was pretty much dominated by Elgin. They took a 21-7 lead, but the university battled back in the second half. They scored two in a row to make it 21-21. And then Elgin got a score to make it 28-21. And the university scored two more times. By the way, all four of those touchdowns in the second half for university were by one player, Najee Drakes. He had a monster second half, two touchdowns through the air and two on the ground. And then so they took the lead with a little over a minute to go, and then Elgin drove right down the peel, right down the field and scored with 33 seconds left to make it 35-34 university, and then they got the two-point, and then Elgin got the win there at home. Mm. Most importantly, did you get sausage? I did not. Something wrong with you. What in the world? You didn't take a like a ice chest and I didn't have one. You know they sell them. They're available at <laughs> yeah, Walmart. They're, and, they're all over the place. Yeah, I mean you can buy real them. neat invention. Yeah, and they they make this other thing. It's a code. It's a code unit. It's called ice, and you can put it on ice. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You go to Elgin. You do, oh my. <sighs> I'm done. Yeah, me too. Ah. Uh, 
And we got to say something about West. They beat May Pearl, what, 89 to nothing? 89. It was 76 nothing at, at half. Yeah. And they had, I think they had five, was it five defensive touchdowns? In the first half alone. Yeah. Five defensive touchdowns. Wow. Are you kidding me already? And then they, uh, unbelievable. Uh, and there are some unbelievable matchups coming oh up this week. Gosh. We'll talk about them a little later on this morning and throughout the week. But right now, go uh, quickly give us the results. And I don't know where. I, I'm just going to have to call foul on everybody. Shoemaker, Shoemaker beat Waco. No, no, no. Just give us the Okay, I got you. The yeah. standings. Okay, yeah. so Ward went 9-1 and one last week. Aaron went 8-2. and two. I went 7-3. and three. Tom went 6-4. and four. What did y'all do? Yo, you three go to lunch and talk about what games you're going to pick? Mm-mm. That was Ward's best week by far. Well, by, yeah, far. by far. By far. <laughs> hey, At best. least I'm smart enough to get sausage in Elgin. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so... But Ward still in last fifty one twenty nine. Tom fifty two twenty eight. Aaron fifty five and twenty five. And I'm still in first at fifty eight and twenty two. Well, of course you are. You well, got you the pencil whip, that's everybody. Exactly right. At seven fifty nine. Uh, coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to get to uh, Stephen Simcox talk some Big Twelve and TCU football. But right now, John Morris, the voice of the Bears, with today's Baylor Sports Beat program. It's time now for the Baylor Sports Beat. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody. It's Cameron Jack of Baylor Athletics on the Monday. Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, we'll wrap up the weekend in Baylor Athletics, including volleyball, soccer, equestrian, men's tennis, and football. Looking ahead to the homecoming game this Saturday against Kansas. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Light the tower green. The Baylor Bears are big 12 conference champions. Want to be part of the action live when your Baylor Bears football team takes on the Oklahoma Sooners this fall? Visit BaylorBears.com slash Texas Farm Bureau and register for the chance to win a trip to see Baylor take on Oklahoma in Norman on November 5th. One lucky winner and a guest will receive round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, and tickets to the game. Register today at BaylorBears.com slash Texas Farm Bureau. This exclusive experience is brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. During Jeep Adventure Days, Alan Samuels in Waco is celebrating with an incredible lineup of 2022 models like the Grand Cherokee, Grand Cherokee L, Renegade, Wrangler, and the Wrangler 4XE. These vehicles bring power to plow through any obstacles or the smooth, peaceful ride you'd expect from a Jeep. Jeep SUVs are also known for their design and technology. The Grand Cherokee L even brings you extended seating with a third row. Come see what Alan Samuels can offer you and your family and find the Jeep SUV that fits your lifestyle. This is Walter Abercrombie, Executive Director of the Baylor Bee Association, with a special invitation to join us November the 18th for our 2022 Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor induction banquet. This year's class includes Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Robert Griffin III and Dope Field from Baylor football, Jeremy Alcorn from men's golf, Taylor Barnes Fallon from volleyball, men's basketball standout Tweety Carter, baseball's Josh Lutie, and Gary Kafer and Quentin Eichelhart Summers from track and field. Also recognized will be former Letterman and decorated Air Force pilots Colonel Tyree Newton and the late Colonel Wilbur Mahaffey as the latest additions to the Bee Association's Wall of Honor. The induction banquet will be held November the 18th at the Cashin Building on the Baylor campus. For tickets or table sponsorships, contact Tammy Harden at 254-710-3045 or email her at Tammy underscore Harden at Baylor.edu. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. 
And welcome back. Baylor football coming off the open date on Saturday after their Thursday game at West Virginia. The Bears back in a somewhat normal game prep week this week, now hosting the Kansas Jayhawks this Saturday morning at 11 at McLean Stadium. It's part of homecoming activities on the Baylor campus this week. Also, from the weekend, Baylor Equestrian drops a 17-3 decision. On the road at Oklahoma State, they'll host TCU Friday at noon. Baylor Volleyball, number 18 in the nation, hosting number one Texas in the Farrell Center on Saturday. The Bears took one set from the Longhorns but dropped the match 3-1. Volleyball back in action, hosting Texas Tech Wednesday evening at 7 in the Farrell Center. Baylor soccer drops a 3-1 decision on the road at West Virginia. Baylor men's golf in action beginning today in the Big 12 match play tournament hosted at the Golf Club at Houston Oaks in Houston. Rounds today, tomorrow, and Wednesday for Mike McGraw and Baylor men's golf. And Baylor men's tennis has four players continuing in the ITA Texas Regional Championships hosted by Baylor in Waco. Finn Bass advancing to the semifinals in both singles and doubles play. The doubles semifinals this morning, the singles semifinals beginning at 1.30 this afternoon. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. We'll have more tomorrow at this same time. I'm John Morris. This is Greg Hill, General Manager of Mission Golf Cars, the nation's number one easy-go golf car dealer. We are proud to announce the opening of our newest store in Waco, Texas, offering the full line of easy-go and Cushman vehicles for the golf course, the neighborhood, the beach, the farm, and industry. Mission Golf Cars has the knowledge and experience to handle all of your golf car needs from sales and service to leasing and rentals. But our true expertise is in our commitment to our customers' experience. Mission Golf Cars, now open at Bagby and Highway 6. Stop in today for a test drive or check us out at missiongolfcars.com. When you do whatever it takes to get the job done, they say you're on it. At ASCO Equipment, they work hard to get the job done and get it done right. They partnered with Doosan Forklifts because they get the job done too. Doosan builds cushion, electric, and pneumatic forklifts you buy and rent at ASCO Equipment. And they service and support it. Quality forklifts that get the job done. ASCO Equipment, they're on it, whatever it is. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. All right, just after 8 o'clock, hour two of the program game time here on ESPN Central Texas, your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Remember, if you missed anything on the program, you can always catch it on the podcast, which is located at uh, SyntechSportsFan.com, uh, that's SyntechSportsFan.com. Now, speaking of podcasts, it is the uh, podcast uh, Locked on Horn Frogs, and we welcome into the program Stephen Simcox. Stephen, you got to be smiling ear to ear this morning with the way the uh, the Frogs are playing. Yeah, another uh, another big win on Saturday. They're sort of finding a way, and 6-0 uh, now, bowl eligible, I think, Going into the season, that was one of their goals, and they've already gotten it, you know, six weeks into the season. So that's pretty impressive. And as always, appreciate you guys having me on. But uh, fun time for TCU football, obviously. The atmosphere at uh, Amon Carter, one of the best uh, that they've had and the biggest crowd they've had since the remodel of 49,500 for the Frogs. They're starting to believe in Fort Worth, aren't they? They are. It was a sellout. You know, people are excited. It's been a little while since games have had stakes like that. And uh, it was impressive, too, because, I mean, there wasn't 
honestly a whole lot going on. They stayed in the game, but it didn't really look like they were going to win through the first three quarters. The offense finally started to pick up the pace in the fourth. So they had to sort of sit on their hands for a while before getting into it. But um, I think the crowd definitely made a difference. I mean, you could tell as TCU scored and kept getting stops, um, it seemed to get tougher and tougher for the Oklahoma State offense to get in any sort of rhythm. And I feel like the crowd noise had something to do with that. So um, that's something that they've emphasized this year is trying to get that home field advantage back in Eamon Carter. And, you know, I mean, like most schools, TCU is one of those places where you really got to win to get the full the full fan experience and get everybody energized and, and in the stadium. So they're doing that right now, and then people are buying in. Hey, Stephen, what should say about where TCU football is? And you, you make it a, a great point. Oklahoma State uh, – it, it certainly seemed and it felt like that they had the game in control. But, you know, there for a while, the, the Cowboys were having to kick field goals and, and not scoring touchdowns, and that kept TCU within striking range. And, and they fought and won, and won the football game. And, and make no mistake about it, they won the football game. And the fact that they that they stayed in there and fought, and what's that say about where the program is right now under uh, in their first year of the program, of, of the new regime, rather? You're right. I mean, they're playing like an experienced group, which in some ways they are. I mean, like Max Duggan is a fourth-year starter. Guys like Quentin Johnson and Kendra Miller have been around for a long time. And there's some experienced players on defense as well. But it is interesting because they have a lot of experience, but they don't have a ton of winning experience. I mean, they, they had a 6-4 and four record in 2020. But for this senior class, that was their only winning season, you know, in the three years that they've been there. Um, so I think it shows that one – you know, they, they've got some grit and toughness and some ability to sort of dig deep and win games. They've done that in consecutive weeks against Kansas and now Oklahoma State. And also, like, this was not a complete rebuild job. You know, Gary Patterson, for, for the issues he had towards the end of his tenure, he was still recruiting talented players. Um, they were still a team that was fighting for bowl eligibility. Obviously, that wasn't the standard that he had set, and it wasn't what the people in Fort Worth wanted, but – you know, this Sunny Dykes wasn't taking over a team that finished two and ten last year and was getting blown out week after week. I mean, they had played some close competitive games. They had pulled off some upsets. So uh, the cutboard wasn't bare, and they were able to keep most of that roster intact. They didn't lose a ton of guys to the transfer portal, which was a big deal in the off season. Um, so they sort of fast tracked this, and I think also honestly, like this has just sort of been the perfect year um, in the Big Twelve for them because I don't get the impression that anyone's great. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. maybe Texas, when they're fully healthy, is is a buzzsaw that can't be beat, but they look like they were pretty mortal against Iowa State last week. Oklahoma's having their issues. Oklahoma State got tripped up on the road on Saturday. So uh, I think everybody's good, or there's a lot of teams that are good and are sort of finding their footing as well. And so TCU's taking advantage of that here early in the Big 12 schedule. Stephen, what do you think about what Joseph Gillespie was able to do there in the second half with that defense and, and changing what he did and pinning the ears back a little bit? Yeah, the adjustments were good. I mean, it was pretty bleak there for a while. They were down 24-7 midway through the second quarter, and they honestly hadn't really gotten uh, many stops. Spencer Sanders was hurting them with his legs and his arm. But they sort they, as you said, Ward, they started bringing some free rushers, giving him some different looks, mixing things up. And it made him more uncomfortable. They're able to get to the passer. And the one thing they've done well all year uh, that they continued to do well yesterday or on Saturday was they just stopped the run, it's especially you know the traditional run with the running back. Dominic Richardson 
their running back in the backfield. He had 72 yards. It was on 22 carries. I think he averaged a little over three yards per carry. So they couldn't run the ball in a more traditional sense. Their rushing attack basically came from Spencer Sanders making plays with his legs. And once TCU sort of figured out they were one-dimensional, um, they were able to pin their ears back and get after Sanders a little bit more. Uh, I think the secondary sort of figured some things out as well as the game went on. And, uh, you know, they had an interception in the fourth quarter. They got a couple of stops and forced punts. And honestly, I mean, they gave up six points in the second half, you know, gave up some points in overtime. But six points in the second half of that game didn't give up an offensive touchdown um, after, you know, midway through the second quarter until overtime. So a really good job by Coach Gillespie's defense sort of adjusting on the fly. And it allowed the offense the opportunity to finally get going in the fourth quarter because, as Tom said earlier, they were still in the game, um, even though things hadn't really gone their way in the afternoon. Talk a little bit about Max Duggan. It, it, first of all, is this his team now? I mean, it, it's, it's, is he the guy for the, the rest of the way? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I saw some people um, during that game because he, he had a rough first half. And there was some chatter about, oh, well, maybe they need to go Chandler Morris. But at this point, they're 6-0. and I mean, he's playing well. He had another emotional win Saturday. Like, this is his team. Barring an injury, I just don't see any way where they can go back to Chandler Morris. And that's nothing against him. It's just the way the season's played out. But um, Duggan's been terrific. And Saturday was a little bit of a flashback in, in the first half to, to some seasons in the past where he had happy feet in the pocket and he was kind of – jumping around. I don't think he was really trusting his offensive line. He had some errant throws, some pretty bad misses, just moping guys. But he was able to settle down and, and make some plays later in that game. And that's sort of been the story of the season for him is, you know, he, he hasn't had a bad 60 minutes. Like he's figured out ways to finally kind of settle in and get going and, and get the passing game moving in the right direction. And um, it, they finally started running the ball, too. I, I don't know what it's been the past few weeks. I think Kansas and Oklahoma State both had a pretty good pass rush, and maybe Garrett Riley was spooked about that. But they've, they've been running all these screen plays like crazy, um, you know, in, in the first quarter and early in games. And I, I realize the screen game can be effective, and it's a huge part of the air raid system. But you got Kendra Miller and Amari Mercado back there, two pretty good running backs. I just – I feel like sometimes – making things too complicated instead of just handing the ball off and uh, getting some positive yards in the run game. And once they did that, it seemed like things finally sort of settled down for the offense and they got in some more second and third and manageable. You know, the first part of that game, they were in third and long frequently, and that's not a good recipe for any offense. But Max has been fantastic, and um, I I firmly believe that it's his his squad at this point. Like, there's no way they make a move unless he's injured or – this uh, this thing just goes completely south as, as the season continues to move on. Quentin Johnson gets Big 12 Player of the Week and then follows that up with 180 yards and some big touchdown catches against Oklahoma State. Is there any stopping Quentin Johnson right now? I mean, not if you're going to try to single cover him like the, the Big 12 teams have the last few weeks. Um, early in the season against like SMU and, and Colorado, they were bracketing him, doubling him. And TCU just sort of didn't try to mess with getting the ball a whole lot. They they moved on to their other wide receivers, and now that he has more opportunities, um, they're trying to target him, and he, it's paying off. I think also they moved him around a little bit in the formation, like he's played some in the slot. But uh, one thing this staff has, has seemed to understand or figure out, um, you know, previously in his career, he was really used 
going up for those deep balls, those 50-50 balls. Um, anytime there was one-on-one coverage, they'd sort of throw it down the sidelines to him. They still do that, but um, they're also giving him more opportunities to make uh, plays after the catch, like some short stop routes, some hitch routes. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, you know this work because you watched him play in high school, but when he gets going upfield, he's tough to tackle. You know, he's got a pretty good array of, of moves. He's not necessarily super shifty, but he just knows how to use his body and use that stiff arm to get five or six extra yards. Uh, and, man, he, he did that a few times against Oklahoma State. Like, I'm tempted any time he's, he's single-covered to just – if that corner is going to play off him, to get the ball out to him as soon as possible and, and let him go to work. He's just so big and physical that he's hard to bring down. Like, even if you get your body on him almost immediately – he'll find a way to sort of drag the defender for three or four more yards. So that's been a really effective part of his game. And then he's still able to do, uh, you know, some things down the field and down the seam as well. But he's been fantastic. I mean, he's got 500 yards in the season now. And I think going into that KU game, he was sitting around 210. So, I mean, he's, he's really picked it up the last couple of weeks. So you play an undefeated team in conference in Oklahoma State and beat them. So your reward is you get to play an undefeated team in conference against Kansas State this Saturday. That's kind of what this league looks like right now. It does. I mean, K-State's a really good ball club. I think it's a a curious matchup. I talked earlier about how TCU was able to slow down the Oklahoma State run game. Obviously, that's what Kansas State does well. I, I think it'll be different because that's what they do. That's their identity. Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez kind of getting downhill and getting after you. Uh, but I think that matchup plays into TCU's hands somewhat. So um, we'll see how that how that goes. Their de- K-State's defense is also really good. So that'll be a fun sort of chess match for the TCU offense and K-State defense. But um, 7 p.m., they've already announced that it's going to be a blackout game. They're going to wear their all-black jerseys. And I- I'm guessing it's going to be another sellout. So should be another fun atmosphere. And um, – yeah, it's tough opponents, but I think getting these games at home, Oklahoma State and K-State, that is back-to-back, uh, has been a real big – it could be a real big benefit for this DCU team. And, I mean, I, if they find a way to win this Saturday and all of a sudden they're 7-0 and and 4-0 and in Big 12 play, then you, you got to start talking about having the inside track to Arlington because that would be an impressive uh, start to the Big 12 season. Okay, Stephen, you, you mentioned blackout. Talk to me about those uniforms Saturday. Do you, be honest, do you like them? <laughs> well, I don't mind them. Listen, here's my thing. I'm I'm pretty pretty soft when it comes to new uniforms. Just about any new uniform, I'm I'm pretty into. Uh, here's here's why I like them though, Tom. They've worn them the last few seasons. In 2019, they wore them. They beat Texas, who was fit, number 15 at the time. Last season, they wore them and they beat Baylor. Sorry to our Waco friends. Um, who was, you know, number 12 at the time. And then they beat Oklahoma State on Saturday with them on. So if people don't like them, I'm sorry. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. I feel like they're going to keep breaking them out once a year for big games because, uh, I mean, if you believe in good luck, they've been good luck for this TCU program lately. Yeah, but those red numbers. I love them. Oh, do you really? Yeah. All right. right. Hey, what what are you working on for uh, Locked on uh, Horned Frogs? Yeah, we got plenty of content. Um, so we do, obviously, a recap episode every Monday. So that's up right now. And then we'll start turning our attention to Kansas State as the week goes on. And we talk a Big 12 football, too. So um, if you want to subscribe on YouTube, it's Locked on Horn Frogs. And then Locked on Horn Frogs, wherever you get your podcast. And thanks, fellas. I appreciate it, as always. Stephen, have a great day. Appreciate your time. It is uh, 18 minutes after 8 o'clock. You like them? You know what the significance of red is on those unis? I'm assuming. No, I don't know. No, it's because the Horn Frog 
spits blood out of his eyes as a defensive mechanism. I can't help it. He's got and, problems. And so the red on the uni represents that. That's I just, why it's great. I don't know, man. Put on a purple jersey. No. Put on a gold no. helmet if you're Baylor. I, I I guess I'm just old school. I, you know, I was, I was. I like I like that change every now and, and then. And I, you know, everybody, and, and so do the kids. I get it, and, and and they're the ones wearing it. I understand. I understand all that. But man, do I miss the gold helmet, green jersey, and white pan here in Waco? Well, I do. I mean, they they have yellow on now. Yeah, and solid green, and they've got a black uniform, and they've got a gray uniform. Mm-hmm. I just miss the old the old uniform, the the green jersey, the white pant, the gold helmet. And I don't think they you're got talking a, about the old gold helmet, yeah, not the, that the, the one that, that not that metallic. No, 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 the one that looks like uh, looks like I guess Navy, Notre Dame, all, all those guys. You well, know, Notre Dame's a shiny gold. Now well, too. I know, but I'm talking about the old one. Mm-hmm. I know, Vegas gold. Yeah, I I, I get. And I, and I may get in trouble because people like that new stuff, but no, you can. It's it, my, everybody it, has their own personal taste right. on, on unis. I just, I think the old the oh. old Baylor uniform from from then was for me was a better look. But I'm old too. Yeah. See, Friday. But I like I like the tricked up for TCU with the red incorporated oh. into it. I think that's pretty cool I, I, because of what it represents. If you can't read the name on the front of the jersey, you don't know it's TCU. I'm just telling you. Anyway, that's you know, Friday night, uh, Waco High played uh, in, in Colleen. Mm-hmm. They came out with a white jersey, a white pant with red letters and red numerals and the red helmet, you know. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's a road uniform. White, white top, white bottom. Let's go play. That that that. It, I just, I, I like the clean. I like that clean, simplistic look. You know, just get off my lawn, Tom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know. I'm I'm certainly probably not in the majority here when it comes to to multiple color uniforms. But uh, I you know what? I like to be able to go. Hey, that's so and so playing because you can identify them. In two seconds, when you turn the television on or whatever, and you can identify them with their uniform. And, and nowadays, most teams you can't. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's some that there are have some. the alternate uniform. Alternate? There's seven alternates well. in combinations of. <laughs> and I know what it does. You know that that jersey's probably for sale in the t-shirt shop or whatever. I get all that. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's 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 marketing and it's it's hey, look, kids, you can wear all the cool stuff if you come here. I that's mean, exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a recruiting tool. It is. It's I, not. It's not more than I marketing. I know. I don't have to like it though. <laughs> I would rather. Yeah, never mind. All right, eight twenty-one. Uh, we are presented by. Uh, our good friends at Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and brought to you in part by Doc Everett and the fine folks over at Circle Drug, 3211 Robinson Drive, locally owned and independent pharmacy. I was over there the other day, and I got a new prescription, and I said, you know, hey, tell me about this. Well, you know, what do I need to do? I mean, and so the pharmacist starts t- telling me what's going on with it. I said, hey, it's I, I've got to travel. It's going to be in the sack, and it's going to be in the car for a long period of time. Is it okay that, that yes, it, it can sit, you know, and it's going to be a little warm for a while? It, it, look, the, all the questions that you might have, you're going to get answers 
it answers immediately from the pharmacist because they're right there. They're, they're three feet away from you, and you can go in and have a conversation with them. That's one of the cool features at Circle Drug. Yeah, you know, and yeah, they got to drive through. They got to walk up. Uh, th- they got all those features for you. They'll even deliver it to you. That's, you know, maybe you, maybe you got to get back to work. You went to the doctor. The doctor gives you a prescription. You've got to get back to work. You can't get over to the pharmacy. Well, they'll deliver it to you or they'll bring it to your house. Whatever you need, that's the kind of service that they offer at Circle Drug. They're open Monday through Friday. Check this out. Nine to six. Not five. Six. They know you work and you got to have time. They're open Saturdays, 9 to 2. I love that. I mean, I, I know it's tough to, to give up part of your weekend, but that's what they do at Circle Drug. They stay till 2. So if you work a half a day, you still got plenty of time to get by there and pick up your prescription. Circle Drug, uh, look, next time you go to the, next time you have a, a, uh, a prescription need, tell them to call it into Circle Drug, 662-0774. That's 662-0774. It's Circle Drug, 3211 Robinson Drive. Game Day Live on ESPN Central Texas. This is Tom Barfield. Join Matt Mosley and me this Saturday for Game Day Live, presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni. Our broadcast begins at 7 o'clock from Touchdown Alley. We'll have a preview of the Bears and the Kansas Jayhawks, a look around the Big 12, and much, much more. Don't miss Game Day Live, presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni on ESPN Central Texas. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Voss. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Exceptional experience. Extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Steckler, Wayne, Cherry, and Love Law Firm. They are trial lawyers with over 100 years combined experience, specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. Steckler, Wayne, Cherry, and Love has an office in Waco managed by local attorney Craig Cherry. Craig Cherry is triple board certified. Fewer than 1% of all lawyers in Texas are triple board certified. He has obtained significant settlements and verdicts for his clients, due in no small part to his ingenuity and relentless tenacity. His tireless dedication and ability to anticipate his opponent's next move makes him the ultimate opponent in the courtroom. Learn more about Steckler, Wayne, Cherry, and Love at SWCLaw.com. That's S-W-C-L-A-W dot com. The source for Baylor athletic news and information, ESPN Central Texas. I'm Amy Hunter, president of Jeff Hunter Toyota. With our state-of-the-art service and body shop, there's no need to go anywhere else. Our factory-trained technicians will take great care of you. I guarantee it. Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality, Waco values. 
Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Game time. Weekday 7 to 9 is your first word in local sports. All right, 827. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk some baseball. We're going to welcome in Jared Sandler to the program. Uh, and he'll talk some Ranger baseball with us. Get us up to speed on where the the managerial search is. We'll also talk about the we'll also talk about the playoffs. Easy for me to say. Uh, normally we have Stephanie Sports Talk right now, which is brought to you as always by Advanced House Leveling and Foundation, My Fuels, Asco Equipment in Belton. Remember at Asco, they say we're on it with Case Construction Equipment and Mission Golf Cars. Uh, where is Stephanie? Did she let you know that she was going to take yet another day off? Um, is she on vacation? Is she on the beach? Probably. I mean, you know, you and her probably have your own private beach somewhere. Excuse me? Well, not you and her. <laughs> the timeshare beach. Oh. <laughs> I was like, hello? <laughs> Test, is this thing on? <laughs> Golly. Uh, look, I'm at work. She's not. I know, but you two always seem to have, you know, somewhere to be, something to do. What am I not here? Umbrella in the glass. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere. Oh, man. I've missed one day in the last 6,000 years. And <laughs> Oh, boy. I get. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. She could here. be on a beach. She could be wrestling pigs somewhere. Or petting a cow and calling it a bull. Petting a cow, or, yeah. Yeah. I want to go like pet that. a cow. You know? What is her obsession with cows, by the way? I'd, I'd be scared to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, now you've really gone too far. Uh, high school football coming up this week. Who do the, uh, the, It's the Cats and Harker Heights, right? Yeah, district championship on the line. How about this? This is just a smidge of the games that we got coming up. Franklin and Lorena. Mm-hmm. Lake Belton and Middle Lothian. Mm-hmm. Stephenville and China Spring, mm-hmm. West and Grandview, yeah. Wortham and Mart. All those could be district championships. Yeah. 
I mean, this is fun, fun, fun. I mean, great games coming up this weekend in, in high school football. If you were not at the game you were going to be at, <laughs> pick one. Uh, West and Grandview. Uh, you know what? That's not a bad pick. Where would you go? China Springs, Stephenville. Yeah. No I, question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think – I'm not even going to say that right now because I'm sure it would be one of the games we pick, and I don't want you guys to take the information that I give you mm-hmm. and go back. <laughs> oh, okay. I know where you're going. You're going China Spring. You know, I, I – yeah, maybe. I mean, going yellow jackets. I'll just uh, put it out there right now. It's not Jake and Dorothy's playing. It's Stevenville. I'm still going yellow jackets. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about what game would I want to go see. I, I, it's hard to choose. I like to if I I wish I could get a quarter at this one, a quarter at that, that one. That would be you know? ideal. Yeah. yeah. Get a helicopter and just Where's go watch. Jerry's it? helicopter. Can yeah. we borrow it? <laughs> that would be I, ideal. I have an open date. Right. I don't have a game this well, week. Then you better go to one. I'm so, telling you, the one at Leo Buckley is gonna be a yes, knockdown drag out. Yes, it will. Absolutely it will. There's some good games this week. 831 coming up next. We will uh, check in with Jared Sandler and talk some uh, baseball. We'll do it next on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Stoke Field headed into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. Get asked why it was the best team you played on. They, they, everybody thinks it was the 80 season because we won the Southwest Conference or the 79 because we won the Peach Bowl and beat a good Clemson team that would win the national championship a year or two later. But it really, you got to go back to the 78 team, which in my opinion was better talented than the 79 and 80. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. Are you tired of the same old boring pizza? Well, it's time to step it up and head on over to Village Pizzeria and Gelato Bar in Union Hall off Franklin Avenue in downtown Waco. This pizza is a handcrafted cuisine from the Castillo family, serving the fine food since the 1930s. Order by the slice or a whole pie or try Castillo's spaghetti and meatballs. Top your meal off with Italian gelato with many flavors to choose from. Village Pizzeria and Gelato Bar in Union Hall, Waco. Stop by or check them out at villagepizzeria.com. You know that guy that walks around with pants that are just a little too short? And he's wearing brand new loafers, but no socks? Then he crosses his legs right across from you, and you have to look at his bare ankles. Ugh. Well, that's what it's like to drive your truck around without any step bars. Hi, Jay from Pickup Outfitters here to talk about one of the most common forms of truck nudity, driving around without any step bars, a rampant problem in Central Texas. Now, step bars do have their functional benefits. They save wear and tear on your back and your knees. They make it easy for your wife and your children to get in and out of your truck. But mostly, having step bars on your truck is just the decent thing to do. No one wants to look at your bare rocker panels. So help us end truck nudity and put some step bars on that truck. We have some great specials on either the black or the stainless steel chrome look. Check it out at createacommotion.com steps. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution and help us end truck nudity at Pickup Outfitters. Nobody covers football in Central Texas like ESPN Central Texas. A story of first downs and second chances. Meet former pro football player Michael Robinson. I wanted to keep playing, but my feet hurt. And all those big league experts couldn't help? You have access to anything, but none of it worked. Finally, he got fitted with Goodfeet Arch Supports. Let me tell you something. 
they work. Now, he recommends Good Feet to anybody. If you move, go to the Good Feet store. Sign up for your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Stop by Good Feet Waco, located at the Central Texas Marketplace across from Lazy Boy. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Rico, Xerox, Konica Minolta, Canon, Kyocera, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is with an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 85. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com ESPN Radio Sports Center I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. Cooper Rush was intercepted three times as the Cowboys lost to the Eagles 26-17. Tonight on Monday Night Football, the Chargers entertained the Broncos. Tennessee's win over Alabama has vaulted the Volunteers to the third spot in this week's AP College football poll behind number one Georgia and number two Ohio State. Michigan and Clemson round out the top five. TCU's win over Oklahoma State has moved the Frogs to number eight in the poll while the Cowboys dropped to number 11. Kansas State remains at 17, while Texas moves up two spots to number 20. Major League Baseball still has one divisional series to decide as the Yankees beat Cleveland last night 4-2. The Astros wait for the winner of tonight's Game 5. Meanwhile, the National League Championship Series is set with Philadelphia playing in San Diego for Game 1 tomorrow. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Game Time is brought to you by Big Boys Record Service, Good Feet, and Texas Truck Love. It's 8.36. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Ryan, let's uh, switch gears. Let's talk some baseball. We welcome into the program from the Texas Rangers broadcast team, Jared Sandler. First of all, Jared, it was quite entertaining reading your uh, analysis of the uh, the Cowboy game last night on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. And I guess the odds are, based on my Twitter responses, maybe one of you guys has this opinion. But I I don't understand anyone who uh, possibly thinks that Cooper Rush gives the the Cowboys a better chance to win than Dak Prescott. Um, I, some people would come back with, well, what has Dak Prescott done? And I mean, that's a fair question, but it's a totally different argument. You know, what has Cooper Rush done? I mean, he's he has led a team to four wins uh, while playing average at best football, and probably, if you really want to be honest about it, below average. And uh, you know, it's not like the Cowboys were putting up thirty points, and Cooper Rush was throwing for 300 yards when they were winning. They were winning because the running game was good. The defense was unbelievable. And Cooper Rush didn't screw it up. Uh, (laughs) And unfortunately, last night, Cooper Rush did what a lot of guys who struggled to make NFL rosters do at the quarterback position, which is screw it up. I mean, the reality is Cooper Rush is not a guy who has had a, you know, a set place on an NFL roster the minute he entered the league. You know, he's had a fight just to be on a roster. And you know, congrats to Cooper Rush because what he's done here this year, and I tweeted this, has probably assured him a spot as a backup on an NFL roster for at least the next five years. And that is career change. That's life changing for him. That's awesome because I don't know that those guarantees existed. And the reality is, if he went zero uh, and four, not four and zero, he might not be in the league next year. You know, he might be praying that NFL Europe starts back up or looking for a job (laughs) in the XFL. So, I mean, I just, I I get that, you know, winning is important. Dak Prescott is 53 and 33 in his career. 
Uh, he wins too. Uh, has he, has he continued on the trajectory? We thought he might, you know, in 2016. No. Are there reasons outside of his control that might influence that? Possibly. Is this year an important year to determine who he really is? Probably. Uh, but to think that Cooper Rush is a better option than Dak Prescott is just in, you know, with, I am not being too gentle here, I guess I'm saying this is kind of moronic and blind. Well, there you go. How about that? And, and I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think and well, it's spot on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get to baseball. Uh, where are the Rangers in the managerial search? Well, they uh, I think this was reported by Ken Rosenthal and, and Evan Grant. Uh, they, you know, they they've spoken with Bruce Bochy. It's not totally clear whether it was the Rangers interviewing Bruce Bochy or Bruce Bochy interviewing the Rangers to determine whether or not he wants to get back in the mix. Uh, you know, the Rangers, I think, uh, are helped out by the fact that the Phillies decided that Rob Thompson was going to remain their manager and Phil Nevin is going to remain the Angels manager. I don't think the Rob Thompson move is as much of a surprise. The Phil Nevin, uh, Phil Nevin one, I think, was, you know, up in the air. And it's just, it's, I actually don't think the Angels have a better situation than the Rangers, uh, even though they have Trout and Otani, just because of the uncertainty of Otani's future there and the reality that Mike Trout has a tough time staying healthy. And uh, it's not like they've made the playoffs with Mike Trout, as great as he is, arguably the best player that, you know, has, uh, has stepped foot on a field in this generation. I don't know that the Angels and their ownership situation is appealing, but it is one less team that has to hire a manager. Uh, I think Bruce Bochy is probably atop a lot of teams' lists, despite how much the Rangers have struggled over the last few years. I don't know that there are many teams, maybe any team out there, who is looking for a manager who has a more favorable situation when you consider the the, the willingness to spend that remains to be uh, true. The ballpark, which, you know, for a manager and, and the recruiting piece of luring guys, that's a big draw. Uh, DFW is a central location. So for someone like Bruce Bochy, who doesn't live uh, in DFW, it's not hard for him to hop on a flight and get to Nashville really quickly. Uh, you know, that stuff, that stuff matters, especially for a 71 year old. Uh, and then the farm system, you know, they've got to actually turn these guys into studs and that, you know, remains to be seen, but the Rangers do have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of currency in that farm system. And, uh, so I, I think they're going to continue to talk to some guys, but I do think that if Bruce Bochy were to call Chris Young today and say, all right, yeah, I, I, I'd be interested, I, I think the Rangers would hire him. I mean, I, I, I don't know that uh, it's going to happen, you know, any minute, but I, I think that Bruce Bochy is their first option, and if he, you know, wants the job, I think the job is his. We're going to put you on the search committee for the manager. What are you personally looking for in the next skipper? Yeah, I, so – I don't think I don't. Uh, I think sometimes we try to blanket and say he has to have experience, he has to have this, he has to have that. And I don't think that there's anything if you're if you're truly going through the search that someone has to have uh, when it comes to you know stuff uh, stuff as specific as that. Uh, but I do think someone with experience has an advantage because they've been through it. You know, they they've experienced. Uh, the challenges they've experienced, the, a lot of the uh, the hurdles, the road bumps that you have to face as a manager, and when it's someone who's got vast experience like Bruce Bochy, 
he has experience winning. I mean, you know, he took the Padres to a World Series. They lost to the Yankees. He won three World Series championships with the Giants. And, you know, what's impressive, it's not like the Giants were bad, but I don't know if the Giants are the best team in any of those years. It's not like, you know, the Dodgers this year. People thought it was a foregone conclusion the Dodgers were going to win the World Series. They had, by far and away, the most talented roster in baseball. Uh, I don't know that the Giants were ever thought of in that way. And I think there's value in, in, in taking a team like that. It's not like they were, you know, David to everyone else's Goliath. But the thing that I like about Bruce Bochy from what I've, I've heard in talking to, to players who have played for him and people who have worked with him or for him is that, you know, he's not, he's not a pushover. He, he, you know, can put his foot down and, and he can pound his fist on the table, but he can do it in a way where his players still like and respect him. And I just think guys that, yeah, you need to know baseball. You got to have feel uh, in game because the game is not won or lost on a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet can provide a lot of insight and information, but you look at, for instance, in my opinion, it was a, a silly decision for Scott service in game one of that Yankees or uh, Mariners Astros series to go to Robbie Ray we don't need to get into all the contextual reasons why, but that to me was probably a, a field decision that, you know, he didn't have, uh, you need that. But I think you also need to be able to handle conflict. You need to be able to, to deal with the challenges of being uh, a part of a team for basically every day over seven to eight months stretch uh, where, you know, yes, even when you win, there is still conflict because only nine guys start and only five guys are in the rotation and only one guy's the closer and only one guy's the setup guy in the eighth inning primarily, or maybe two guys, but not everyone's going to be happy. Not everyone's going to be best friends and conflict uh, resolution is important. And the, the, the ability to do that while maintaining respect from as many people as possible is not nearly as easy as, uh, as it seems. And Bruce Bochy to me is someone who I think uh, has a track record of doing that based on conversations I've had with, uh, like I said, players, coaches, and then you just look at his, uh, his resume and it's pretty impressive. All right. You've got the keys to the car other than manager in this off season. What's the first thing you do? Well, I, I think guys, I, I know that, you know, players are important and, and we'll get to that, but I'm still thinking of the foundation. And if I'm Chris Young, I'm hiring, uh, like a senior advisor or a right-hand man, someone who has GM experience, no different than a manager who is a first-time manager who brings on a, a you know very experienced bench coach. Or, you know, we see this in the NBA sometimes where, uh, you know, a player uh, gets a, a head coaching job and, you know, their former coach or assistant coach is, you know, right next to them on the bench. Uh, you know, that's that to me is uh, is pretty – important. So as far as laying the foundation, I think that's a, uh, something that would be very beneficial to Chris Young and, and timing for that works out great because Dayton Moore, someone that Chris Young has a very close relationship with and led the Royals for almost two decades uh, is no longer with the Royals and could very well be someone who fits that description. But after that, I mean, it's, you, you know, you got to find pitching. Uh, you don't need to disregard everything else. Uh, this team still could stand to benefit uh, from some upgrades in the lineup, but that doesn't all, you know, the, you don't have to make every move this off season, just like you weren't going to make every move last off season. Uh, and I think the, the concern one, two, three, four, and five uh, is pitching. Most of that is starting pitching, but I do think it would help this team to add 
maybe a, a late inning reliever with a track record, you know, someone who you can really rely on and count on and maybe has graduated beyond that, that relief pitcher volatility. Uh, is it going to be in free agency or is it going to be in the trade market? The answer is probably both. Uh, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity this off season in the trade market and the Rangers have the, the resources to, uh, you know, to, to partake. Uh, Jacob deGrom's the biggest name out there. Are the Rangers going to go after him? Absolutely. Are they going to sign him? Probably not. It just doesn't seem like it would head in that direction. But, you know, Clayton Kershaw is a possibility. I think Clayton Kershaw, again, it's the same as last year. It's either go back to the Dodgers, retire, or the Rangers. I do not think there is a fourth option. And I do think that going to the Rangers option is a legitimate one. I don't think it's a leverage play. I don't think it's a negotiation tactic. Uh, I do believe that it's something that is, uh, is on his mind. But uh, as far as a guy who can help uh, maybe anchor this rotation for the next several years, the biggest non-DeGrom name out there is Carlos Rodon, who will likely opt out of his contract with the Giants and become a free agent. And uh, he's also a name I think the Rangers will uh, be linked to pretty, pretty tightly. And then as far as the trade market, Shane Bieber, Pablo Lopez, you've, you've you know, heard those names. But any, any pitcher on a team that either – doesn't have a big payroll and thus is scared to have to, to pay that guy whenever he becomes a free agent or a team that's not contending, any of their pitchers will be up for grabs at the right price. And I imagine the Rangers are going to have conversations about 20, 30, you know, uh, different starters on those teams as far as, you know, possibilities to improve the rotation. Talk a little bit more about, uh, about that, assistant GM advisor type thing. So you're looking for a guy that has the latitude to be able to say, Hey, Chris, hang on a second, pump the brakes. Let's talk about this and not be in jeopardy of losing his job. Yeah. I think it's someone who you don't want a yes, man. Right. You know, you want someone who, uh, who has the ability, has the respect uh, of Chris young to, to tell him, Hey, I've been through this. This is, you know, consider going about it this way. Uh, Chris Young, you know, one of the one of the unfortunate parts of the JD firing and the timing of that is that, you know, and we might have talked about this. It wasn't like there was a power struggle. John Daniels was willingly giving more and more responsibility to Chris Young, but doing it in a way where he was, you know, guiding him along. And you know, you can say whatever you want about JD as a, a general manager. I know that there are a lot of different opinions on that. It wasn't like, hey, this is my way of doing it, and this is how you need to do it. It's, hey, these are situations that you're going to go through. These are things you got to consider. And you know, Chris Young hasn't been a GM without that that leadership, that guidance for an entire season yet. You know, he still has experienced a lot of things for the first time. Dane Moore has experienced it at all. I mean, he's he's been a GM on a rebuilding team with the Royals. He's helped lead them to you know World Series. He's lost a World Series while you know, being in that role with the Royals. And I just think someone who's got that sort of experience uh, can help. And I think Chris Young in talking to him would be very open and willing to having uh, that sort of a voice, you know, in, in tandem with him. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it's training wheels or whatever. It's just someone who's who's been through it, someone who's seen it, uh, and someone who can, you know, help provide a different perspective or, as someone who can offer, you know, that experience of going through whatever the situation might be that perhaps Chris Young has not gone through yet or maybe has not gone through successfully yet. Hey, Jared Brand, we uh, we do appreciate your time. We know, we know, we know you're always busy, and uh, thanks for taking time for us this morning, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, guys. Have a great rest of the day. You do the same. Jared Sandler from the uh, Rangers broadcast team. Boy, and he does a good job.
He splits time uh, in that studio as a host and then uh, out uh, in the play-by-play arena as well when uh, when Eric takes time off. So uh, he's kind of got a dual dual job with the, with the Ranger broadcast and does a tremendous job. All right, uh, it's 8.50, 10 away from 9. We are presented by Alan Samuels and brought to you in part by Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers. Boy, does that sound good right now. I mean, this very minute, 8.50 in the morning, how about a Double R Old Fashioned Hamburger? We're talking about, oh, you know, just, well, whatever you want. You want a burger? You want a cheeseburger? You want a double meat, triple meat, four by four? They'll do it for you, whatever you want. And they're going to cook it your way, and they're going to make it your way, whether you want it with lettuce and tomatoes and onions and all that stuff. Maybe you want your onions grilled. Maybe you don't want any onions at all. That's me. Uh, You know, whatever you want, they're going to take care of it for you at Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers. And it's easy to do. You know why? Because they don't cook it until you order it. So it's not like, oh, man, we got to throw another patty down. These 40 other ones are just sitting here under the lamp. But, no, this guy's got to have what, you know, what he likes. Well, yeah, we want a we want a burger that we like, and that's why they don't cook it until you order it. It's double R old fashioned hamburgers. They're at eighteen ten Herring, and I promise there's a sports conversation going on the second you walk in the door. They're talking football. They're talking baseball. They're talking it all. It's almost like a talk show inside the hamburger store. It's 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 that's kind of cool. Uh so they got they got that going on. 1810 Herring Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers. The Baylor Coaches Show. Live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco. This Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Here on ESPN Central Texas. Join us Wednesday back live from Rudy's and hear from acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey and coach Dave Aranda. Tune in to the Baylor Coaches Show. Live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco. This Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. ESPN Central Texas. When you do whatever it takes to get the job done, they say you're on it. At ASCO Equipment, they work hard to get the job done and get it done right. They partnered with Doosan Forklifts because they get the job done too. Doosan builds cushion, electric, and pneumatic forklifts you buy and rent at ASCO Equipment. And they service and support it. Quality forklifts that get the job done. ASCO Equipment, they're on it, whatever it is. Empower your financial future with First Central Credit Union. We are opening doors to home ownership. First Central's open door mortgage loans up to 95% of the appraised home value. With low closing costs, no points, low origination fees, flexible terms, and competitive rates. Consider refinancing your mortgage or securing land for building. We loan up to 75% of the appraised value of land. Apply online today at firstcentralcu.com. Everything we do, we do for you. Some restrictions apply. Equal housing lender. Member NCUA. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107. Or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. 
Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwood-Williams is hiring for CDL drivers pay averaging $92,000 annually and regional CDL drivers with pay averaging $94,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including paid vacation and flex time, medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply today at careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. That's careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. Sherwin-Williams is an equal opportunity employer including disability and veterans. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. Cooper Rush was intercepted three times as the Cowboys lost to the Eagles 26-17. Tonight on Monday Night Football, the Chargers entertained the Broncos. Tennessee's win over Alabama has vaulted the Volunteers to the third spot in this week's AP College Football Poll behind number one Georgia and number two Ohio State. Michigan and Clemson round out the top five. TCU's win over Oklahoma State has moved the Frogs to number eight in the poll while the Cowboys dropped to number 11. Kansas State remains at 17, while Texas moves up two spots to number 20. Major League Baseball still has one divisional series to decide as the Yankees beat Cleveland last night 4-2. The Astros wait for the winner of tonight's Game 5. Meanwhile, the National League Championship Series is set with Philadelphia playing in San Diego for Game 1 tomorrow. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Your first word in sports. Game time, weekdays 7-9 to 9 on ESPN Central Texas. All right, team 55, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up at 9, it will be Greeny. At 3 o'clock this afternoon, it's the John Morris Show, and John's going to have audio from the uh, Dave Aranda press conference that's uh, coming up today uh, at around 11.30. And then uh, Matt Mosley's at 4. All right, final thought on this weekend's football games. We mentioned that Alabama, Oklahoma State, Penn State, and USC, all uh, undefeated teams lost. Of those teams, which one was the most surprising to you? Wow, that's a great question. USC. I, th- I think I can agree with that, but it's just in the way they lost, I think, with Oklahoma State because they built that big lead over TCU and gave it up. I th- I'd probably go I Oklahoma State. I tried to tell State. you. Yeah, you did. You and, did. And, and, and I, boy, I was sitting there thinking uh, in the early in the second half, I went, <laughs> boy, I cannot wait to get to work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell you this, for me, it was obviously it was Oklahoma State as well. Uh, now, I will tell you this. I did watch Utah in in USC, and that place was rocking Saturday night, man. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Yeah, the home crowd got six points out of that game. They, they did. They really, really did. So, I, I love college football right now. I, I just I love the fact that you don't know who's going to win. It, it, you know what? And I know it drives these coaches nuts, but I think I think for a fan, you ought to love this because you turn the television on or you go to the stadium, you don't know. You really don't know top to bottom within any particular conference, and it makes it kind of fun. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. For Ward and for Ryan, I'm Tom. Thanks for listening. Again, J-Mo's coming up at 3. Matt Mosley's at 4. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 right here on ESPN Central Texas.